Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast by telling your families, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. I also ask for your prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.ameteagle.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through to you through your text or email or however you're receiving it, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. This week's episode is entitled, I Still Believe. The common denominator for all Christians is that we believe. However, we all know that there are various levels of belief. Remember the man whose son needed healing and he said to Jesus, I do believe, but help my unbelief. The man wasn't a sinner. It's just that he knew his level of belief or faith was not what he needed it to be. Nonetheless, he believed on the level where he was and his son was healed. For those of us that truly believe and adhere to the word of God, we must come to a place in which we realize that it's not just what we believe, but the strength of our belief and the oneness in our relationship with God. We must evolve to a place of maturity where we understand that our relationship with God is not just one of loving him, but it's one of being in love with him. It's a relationship of intimacy, and intimacy is a closeness, even an attachment that is more than just the norm. It's greater, stronger, and more powerful than just a friendship or a simple relationship. It's companionship and understanding with and of another individual that exceeds the average or the usual. To believe God is to love him, trust and obey him with our whole hearts and whole souls. In order to understand the word that God has given me for this week, we must also appreciate the simplistic yet wholehearted approach of worship praise, and absolute adoration that we have of the Father, which also includes the belief and knowledge of our covenant with him. Encompassed with this bond of intimacy and love, there must be, most definitely be, belief and trust. 
This is the foundation of our faith in him, a belief and trust that's beyond what we think or feel within our hearts and minds. It's a reliance upon him that assures us that no matter the circumstances, conditions, or situations, we believe and trust in him with an unwavering stance. I also pray that as this episode continues, that we'll come to understand that belief and trust are two different things. And in order to have our prayers answered, along with wholehearted obedience, we must do both, believe and trust. That's not always the easiest thing to do. And that's because there are things that are continually in opposition within us, which is flesh and spirit. We all remember what Paul said in Galatians 5.17, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict one with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Flesh and spirit are waging war against one another because flesh wants what flesh wants, and flesh wants what flesh wants when it wants it. We cannot give in to the desires and whims of the flesh. We must develop spiritually to the place where flesh realizes that it's only there for the convenience of the spirit man. It's spirit man that rules. And when we walk in the spirit, our struggles with unbelief and doubt are not as strong. Note, I didn't say they would disappear. It's just that our spirit man becomes stronger and rules over flesh, doubts, and belief. We cannot stop believing and trusting God because we don't see what we want when we want it. We can't stop loving him because we don't get the immediate answers and miracles that we ask for. Someone sent me a video this week of India with so many of the people of that nation throwing away their idols and false gods because they didn't protect them from the pandemic. Even in the times of crises, when it seems that our father says no, or it seems that he's not answering, we must continue to trust him implicitly. He is not some idol to be thrown into a fire when he doesn't answer the way we want him to answer. Okay, so here we go with the whataboutisms. What about when we're in battles and we need God to do something immediately? What about those times when we see our children going to hell in a handbasket and we don't see them getting saved or rededicating their lives to Christ? What about the situations when it needs to be done right now without hesitation? Well, let me ask you this. In those situations, is it flesh that's saying it needs to be done right away or God? Because if it's God, then it will be done immediately. And God always knows what's best. That's where our belief and trust in him must lie, in knowing that he knows what and when is the best time for his answers to our prayers to manifest, or even if they will manifest. I believe that every prayer we pray is heard and answered immediately. However, because he answers right away doesn't mean that we get the answers right away. Of course, we know throughout the word of God when answers were delayed and the faithful believed in spite of the wait. 
But I remember some years ago when God gave me a word saying, don't let your weight, W-A-I-T, become your weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. Don't let your time of waiting for God to do something or to do what you ask become a time of burden or a heavy weight to you in such a way that it causes you to doubt and stop believing. Don't let your wait time become such a time of burdens to you that it would hinder your walk with the Father. Luke 1 is one of my most favorite books in the Bible. If ever there was a clarity between someone trusting God and not trusting him, I believe is depicted in this first chapter. Zechariah was a priest, a seasoned older man who was familiar with the things as well as the presence of God. Yet, when the angel appeared to him to tell him that his wife Elizabeth would conceive, because they had waited so long, he didn't believe or trust what he was being told. He questioned, how can I know this will happen? How can I be sure of this? He said to the angel. Then he began to give excuses and reasons as to why it couldn't happen. The word says that he and Elizabeth had been praying for a son, and now that it was happening, he was arguing as to why it shouldn't. This is how so many of us respond to the promises of God. Well, I know God can, but will he? I know I ask, but I don't think it'll happen. I know what the word says, but it's been so long. I know, but, but, but. This is where our faith and trust in God is not only questioned, but it's jeopardized. The angel had already told Zachariah that his prayers had been heard. Some of us don't even believe that God truly hears us. And there are some that believe that God hears someone else better than he hears them. Then there are those that treat their prayer requests like a wish list. I wish God would do this, or I wish God would do the other. God is not a star that we wish upon. Although we know that the Holy Ghost makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for us, we are still the ones that make the difference in our prayers to God being answered. I'm saying to you today that your prayers to God have been heard. And again, as I always say, when God hears, he answers. What does Matthew 21, 22 read? If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. We must believe and trust God to do what he said he will do. And it doesn't matter how long it may take. If we know that we're in God's will, living according to his word, and again, as stated earlier, obeying him with our whole hearts and our whole souls, then he will do it. Either he will do it or he will remove the desire for that thing that we've asked for. The psalmist said that when we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our hearts. When we delight ourselves in him, it means that we allow ourselves to be soft and pliable in his hands. It means that we desire only what he desires for us. Once we truly delight ourselves in him, we won't desire anything that he doesn't want us to have. 
God hears the prayers of his sons and daughters. The only prayers that God doesn't listen to is the prayer of the sinner. In John 9, the man whose eyes had been opened said to the Pharisees, we know that God doesn't listen to the prayers of sinner. And yet, immediately, God immediately hears the prayer of the sinner when it's the prayer of repentance. Selah. God hears our prayers, and there will be those times that we will get an immediate answer. In 1 Chronicles 5.20, it reads, They were helped in fighting them, and God delivered the Hagrites and all their allies into their hands because they cried out to him during the battle. He answered their prayers because they trusted in him. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh were already in the battle when they cried out to God. No, this doesn't mean that we wait until we're in a battle to call for help. At this time, I believe that it was a matter that they were a people who at that time were in the will of God, and that makes the difference. They stayed in his will, not just individually, but as a people, they believed and trusted him. Therefore, when the battle ensued, they were able to petition him as one and he heard. And it says, I always say, when God hears, he answers. The word says that God delivered their enemies into their hands. He answered their prayers. This was an immediate response from God when it was immediately needed. But look at what else it says. It says because they trusted him. The answer came immediately because they, the people, trusted in God as one. Why was there a trust in God? Because they already knew the God they served. The intimate relationship with him was already established and they knew his word was real. They also knew that they were in the battle that they were in because they were doing what God had told them to do. They were obedient to God. We cannot decide that we're going to do what we want, and then when it goes wrong, expect God to immediately answer. When we acknowledge him in all our ways and lean not to our own understanding, when we allow him to direct our paths, then in spite of what's occurring in our lives, we learn to trust God implicitly and know that he will answer. I always share the story of my life as to when I was first saved and I would hear people talk about what a good father God was or is, I should say. Now remember, I was raised Catholic, so I had heard about God all my life. My mother would pray the rosary with us, her four daughters, sometimes on a daily basis. However, I was never able to see the fruition of what we prayed for. I never saw our requests come to pass. Without going into detail, I completely understand now why those prayers weren't answered. But of course, back then, I could only see it as God not doing what we asked. Something else I never saw 
was my earthly father coming through on his promises either. I learned early that my daddy was not a man that could be depended on. God knew the trust issues I had, and he also knew the damage they could have caused later on in my walk with him. It was something constantly on my mind. My heart's words concerning God were, I know he can do it, but will he? One day God spoke to me and said, Beatrice, I'm like no earthly father or anyone else has ever known. Without realizing it, I had been comparing my heavenly father to the earthly father that I had. I knew my daddy could have done a lot of things for his daughters. I knew he was capable and in the position to do a lot of things, but he didn't. Would Father God be the same way? Of course not. He's like no earthly father could ever be. It was then that I knew that I could trust him with everything concerning me. It was another time years later that I was praying for my son who had backslidden. I would cry out to the Lord with tears streaming down my face. I would say to him, Father, you have me here winning the lost and bringing people to a saving knowledge in you, and yet my own son is on his way to hell. This tirade went on literally for years with no apparent answer from him. Finally, one day God spoke to me and said, Beatrice, no one wants him saved more than me. That's why I sent my only son just for his salvation. I was stunned, but I was also strengthened and encouraged. I knew that my son would be saved and rededicate his life to the Lord, even if it hadn't happened in the timing that I thought it should. Later, I began to hear the father tell me concerning my son, as Elisha told his servant, go and look again. I began to look for a sign, a small sign that change was coming, that something was on the way. In the very beginning of this time, on a couple of occasions, my answer would be the same as the servants. I don't see a thing. I wasn't seeing any evidence that his life was changing for the better. And then I would hear him say, go and look again. Finally, in the assigned time, and in the right season, God did it. My son returned to the Lord and rededicated his life to Jesus and has never turned back. Although there was spiritual warfare concerning my son, God knew it wasn't the time or season for an immediate action. He knew that there had been a set time for my son to return to the Father, and in that set time, it happened. We must learn to trust and believe. Those two and a half tribes won that battle because they cried out in their trust in God. So the question is, even in the midst of your battles, how much do you really trust God? Mary was a young virgin. However, when the angel appeared to her, instead of doubt, it reads, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then at the 45th verse, Elizabeth says to Mary, Blessed is she who has believed 
that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. We are blessed. Men and women are blessed when we believe that the Lord's word to us will be fulfilled. We are blessed and we receive his promises when we trust in him. It doesn't say that we're blessed when we believe that God will do it when we say do it or when we want it done. However, it cannot be said enough. We must trust him no matter how long it takes, no matter how long we have to wait for the promise to come to pass or for the prayers to be answered. Zachariah was struck dumb because he didn't believe. I could go on and on about that matter, but that's not what this week's episode is about. The fact is he had unbelief and he doubted. In this 20th verse of Luke 1, it reads, And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. In this particular verse, we're not going to focus on the fact that Zachariah was struck dumb, but on why he was struck dumb. That's seen in the last words that the angel spoke to him. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. To me, I hear so much in that statement. Because of God's grace and mercy, Zachariah and Elizabeth still received the promise of a son. Yet, there was a consequence as well as what I believe to be a necessity for him not to be able to speak until the time the child was born. In spite of his unbelief, the words spoken would still come true at their appointed time. This is what we must understand. There's an appointed time for what God has spoken concerning us to come to pass, a time that's set aside determined and assigned for God's will to be done in our lives. The King James Version says, which shall be fulfilled in their season. That word season is interpreted as a fixed and definite time, an opportune or seasonable time. And my favorite definition reads, the right time. In God's infinite wisdom, he has an ordained, fixed, and right time for our prayers to be answered. And because he is all-knowing, all-caring, and all-loving, we must trust him. We will see the things that God has promised, our prayers being answered at the appointed time. Listen, my dear sisters and brothers, remember that believing God and trusting God are actually two different things. To believe a thing is to accept it as true. It's to have a confidence that what's being said is real. To trust in a thing is to rely on what has been said is truth. I can believe something, and yet, as the old saying goes, I would not stake my life on it. One can accept that something is true but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to rely on it, even if it is true. It's as stated in the beginning of the podcast, I knew, 
I believe my earthly father was capable and able to do many things for me, but I never, in fact, I knew I couldn't trust him to do them. I wouldn't stake my life on his promises. But with my heavenly father, the father who is like no other father, I know, believe, and trust that his word is truth. My prayers are already answered and it shall come to pass at the appointed time. Because as the angel spoke to Mary, for no word from God shall ever fail. I believe and I trust in every word that God has spoken concerning me, my family, and everything that pertains to me, and that includes this nation. I believe that he always hears us when we pray. I believe that the answers to our prayer shall come to pass at their appointed time. We must trust in God's word and trust in his timing. No matter what, no matter how long or how hard it may be, we must still believe. I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.